Hello everyone, this is your host, Staff Sergeant Cassano with the Warrant Officer Recruiting Company, and today we'll be exploring the Quartermaster Warrant Officer Military Occupational Specialty Branch. Our special guest is none other than CW5 Lewandowski from Quartermaster Proponent, and she'll be talking to us about her experience in the Quartermaster Branch. We have about 20 questions we will dive into regarding all of the Quartermaster Warrant Officer MOSs, because they are so similar in contrast with the exception of a few. Chief Lewandowski, thank you so much for joining us today, and we are excited to hear your input and all the different ways the quartermaster occupational specialties uh, can contribute to the mission accomplishment. Now, the ones that are that we are talking about specifically, 920 Alpha, 920 Bravo, 921 Alpha, 922 Alpha, and 923 Alpha. Yes, glad to be here, and thanks for hosting me today. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience as a warrant officer and how you feel about serving in your warrant officer specialty? Making the decision to become a warrant officer is the best decision I ever made. Part of the reason I became a warrant officer is because I enjoyed what I was doing as a supply sergeant, and I wanted to be able to perform at a higher level as a property book officer. At the time, I had no idea the level of impact I would be able to make across the Army, but have found true pleasure in being able to do little things like guiding young commanders through the requirements of conducting a proper change command inventory, and then seeing them leave command with no lost property, assisting and supporting supply personnel as they build their skills in their MOS, providing guidance and mentorship to those striving to become warrant officers, and also just being part of the warrant officer family. I could go on and on about why I enjoy being a warrant officer, but the fact that warrant officers look out and take care of each other is one of the things I value the most. Regardless of MOS or branch, any time I've ever been in a situation where I needed assistance, I knew I could pick up the phone and call a fellow warrant officer and get the assistance I needed. Great answer, Chief. Uh, My next question For the potential candidate listening, we have asked questions that most of us have when deciding to pursue a career in quartermaster as a warrant officer, and we will like to delve into some of those questions and get your take on some of the most crucial questions we all want to know. Let us begin by asking, what do warrant officers and your specialty do in a normal span of a duty day when they start out as a new warrant officer in the cohort, and how do those responsibilities evolve into more responsibilities later on? Quartermaster warrant officers are responsible for doing a variety of supply-related functions in fields that are primarily customer support focused. So our our 920 Alpha property property accounting technicians are responsible for ensuring units have all required equipment to perform their mission and ensuring 100% accountability is maintained. A 920 Alpha will start off as a property book officer at a battalion level. And over time, they'll move into positions as a property book officer at higher levels and then later on move to at a higher level as an asset visibility manager at division and higher. 920 Bravo supply system technicians are the, are the Army supply chain managers. They begin as accountable officers in a supply support activity where they ensure organizations supported have the parts and supplies needed for their mission. They oftentimes do not realize just how critical they are to the Army, but the reality is the health of a unit's readiness level 
can be affected by how well they operate their SSA. Once they reach the CW3 level, they transition into being a material manager, where they play a larger role for the Army in affecting readiness across the force. Our 921 Alpha Aerial Airdrop Systems technicians are the Army's experts in all things aerial delivery. They start off serving at platoon level in a quartermaster company overseeing parachute packing operations. As they progress, they move into positions where their duties include planning and overseeing aerial delivery operations, coordinating aerial resupply, and performing safety and compliance inspections. Next in was the 922 Alpha Food Service Technician are responsible for overseeing the Army's food service programs. They begin as brigade-level food advisors, where they ensure food service programs within the brigade are providing quality meals in both a garrison and field environment. This includes performing periodic inspections, providing guidance and mentorship to the culinary specialists in their organizations. As they progress, they have the opportunity to continue to provide oversight of food service programs at division above level, but also provide support through ensuring field feeding and subsistence supply support is provided. Our, our final and our, our youngest quartermaster MOS, the 923 Alpha Petroleum and Water Systems technicians, are responsible for petroleum storage and distribution, water production, storage and distribution, and petroleum laboratory operations. 923 Alphas typically start off in a quartermaster petroleum supply company, where they serve as the technical expert in petroleum and water platoon, ensuring the proper planning and execution of the platoon storage and distribution mission occur. As they progress into brigade and higher levels, they become responsible for ensuring fuel and water requirements are planned for and provided to support divisions and above elements. So as you can see, all of our quartermaster MOSs, they do have a very support-related focus in the in various different areas uh, to support the army to support the overall army's readiness mission. Awesome. I'm I'm sure the individuals listening get a nice and uh, clear and concise, detailed uh, synopsis of all the ones provided here. Uh, my next question: Why should someone pursue this type of commission, and what are some of the benefits they take into the civilian world? Someone who enjoys all aspects of their current MOS and want the opportunity to build upon their level of technical expertise and continue performing in their field should really uh, consider pursuing becoming a warrant officer. There are many benefits in all the quartermaster specialties, but one of the primary benefits that one takes with them into the civilian world is the experience and knowledge gained by spending a career working in their field. Okay. Um, was well, a young staff sergeant working in one of these uh, occupational specialties, what advice would you give them on what types of jobs they need to start working towards in their enlisted careers that will help them to achieve a commission in one of the quartermaster warrant officer specialties? So my advice overall would be work in your assigned MOS. The way quartermaster soldiers build the level of technical expertise needed to prepare them to become a quartermaster warrant officer is by gaining the knowledge and experience in their enlisted MOS. 
So to get into each of the MLSs individually, so our 920 Alpha applicants should focus on, you know, gaining their experience serving in unit supply rooms. Seeking out uh, opportunities in S4 shops and private book offices is beneficial, but it's not required. But one key thing for 920 Alpha applicants is to also ensure they have some level of experience working with GCSS Army, which is the system we use for property accountability. 920 Bravo applicants uh, will they'll either gain their experience spending time in supply support activities or motor pool operations. And again, should should ensure that they've gained and developed some level of pro, uh, proficiency using GCSS Army. Because not all 92 Alphas that are wanting to become 920 Bravos have the opportunity to work in an SSA, for those who haven't had that opportunity, it's important to at least develop a full understanding of all aspects of SSA operations. And that, that will prepare them for the transition to 920 Bravo. 921 applicants will, by virtue of their MOS, have served in various 92 Romeo positions throughout their career, naturally. It's just important for them to also seek out that, the supervisory experience in different type of aerial delivery shops that prepares them to become a 921. And of course, you know, they do have to pursue and become a jump master qualified to qualify for the MOS. 921 applicants also it's it's important to seek out supervisor experience serving as a 92 golf this can be gained very in various different uh food service related uh positions whether it be a dining facility or other 92 golf positions that put that give them that that experience serving as a supervisor of a food service operation 923 applicants uh, need to focus on, on, again, serving in positions related to their MOS, whether it be fuel, water, or laboratory focus. Uh, some, some, ga- some experience uh, that they should seek out is gaining experience in planning and executing storage and distribution operations. For petroleum specialists, one added benefit is if they have the opportunity to gain aviation fuel experience. It's not required, but it is beneficial. Okay. Um, what what types of training can a young enlisted NCO benefit from when considering to pursue a career in one of the quartermaster warrant officer specialties? Really, any type of MOS-related training that will increase the NCO's level of technical expertise is beneficial, whether it be unit-level training or institutional training. For 920 Alpha and 920 Bravo applicants, just because GCSS Army has changed, pursuing any GCSS Army training is, whether it be online or installation troop school training, is beneficial. And this is mainly for those who haven't had the opportunity to work in that environment. What is the most common mistake made by applicants applying to the cohort, and how can it be avoided? The most common mistake is not ensuring their packet shows that they meet all of the technical MOS prerequisites. For quartermaster, what we see specifically is the experience 
prerequisite, the TABE test requirement, and the letter of recommendation. The experience prerequisite requires the applicants have five years of experience working in their MOS within the last eight years. And for 921s, that it is at, it's seven years within the last 10 years. This means if an applicant has, has spent greater than 36 months performing non-MOS-related duties over the past eight years, they will not be qualified to compete. And we, we add the 36-month in there because we know that NCOs get selected for recruiting duty and drill sergeant duty, so we don't want to prevent them from being able to apply, but we just want to, you know, as NCOs are planning for their for their career, ensure that if they want to become a warrant officer, that they they keep they keep in mind the fact that the experience prerequisite is one that has to be met and is not waiverable. The tape test prerequisite is is the standard, but six credit hours of college English can be used to substitute for. A common mistake we've seen with applicants is they don't include all their college transcripts. They may have the six credit hours, but they're but they didn't include the transcripts in their packet that gives that proof. And this is a simple fix, just paying attention to detail when compiling the packet and ensuring documentation is, complete, is included. As for the Senior Warrant Officer Letter of Recommendation, Quartermaster has a specific requirement this LOR comes from within the applicant's organization or installation. So if an applicant cannot locate a warrant officer within their organization or installation, from the proponent office, we can assist them. They just need to reach out to us and we'll point them in the right direction. I, I do want to note that the requirement is verified, so it is best to ensure the right senior warrant officer is endorsing the packet prior to submitting just to prevent delays in the packet processing. With this requirement, we do we do realize that some NCOs serving in duties such as recruiting duty or locations where there isn't a quartermaster warrant officer assigned may have to go to may have to get their letter of recommendation from someone outside of their org installation. Uh, those situations, the the key is just ensuring that the letter of recommendation comes from a senior quartermaster warrant officer. And NCOs who find themselves in those situations can, again, reach out to us in the proponent office, and we will point them in the right direction. Thank you for the clarity. Uh, now, when submitting a packet to the board, what do board members value the most and could help us to describe the process that takes place when your packet is reviewed by the board? A packet that is well put together and free of errors are definitely a key to, to all board members. Letters of recommendations that speak specifically to the applicant's qualities, accomplishments, and suitability to thrive as a warrant officer are important. Recommend, you know, applicants try to avoid letter recommendations that are too generic or have too much fluff added to them. The summary portion of the resume is a key part where the applicant can speak directly to the board member. A good summary conveys the applicant's message clearly and briefly. If the summary portion is too long or contains a host of generic statements, there's a chance the board member may not have time when screening the packet to read it. And finally, the strength of NCOERs is also important. 
this is obviously something an applicant needs to work on well before they make the decision to submit a packet. But well-written NCOERs that have clear enumeration definitely aid board members when screening and scoring packets. Once a candidate is selected, how long do they attend walks and how long is the training for the quartermaster warrant officer specialties? So typically a candidate it can expect to attend warrant officer candidate school within six to seven months of, be, of being selected to become warrant officer. And warrant officer candidate score, school is a five-week course. There's normally about a three- to four-week break between Warrant Officer Candidate School and Warrant Officer Basic Course, which is the time the, the W01 would return to their unit, finish out processing their current installation, and proceed to Warrant Officer Basic Course. The Quartermaster Warrant Officer Basic Course lengths vary. Our 920 Alpha course is eight, eight weeks. The 920 Bravo course is six weeks. 921 is nine weeks, 922 alpha is seven weeks, and 923 alpha is 10 weeks. Following Warrant Officer Basic Course graduation, the WL1 would then proceed to their first unit assignment. What advice would you give to a newly selected NCO in your unit on how to prepare for Warrant Officer Candidate School and the Warrant Officer training they are about to conduct? For Warrant Officer Candidate School, ensure you're physically fit and ready for the physical rigors of the course. Also, if you haven't used your land navigation skills in a while, look into opportunities at your installation to brush up on land navigation prior to attending Warrant Officer Candidate School, so you're prepared for this portion of the course. For Warrant Officer Basic Course, if, if you were working in a job not where you weren't directly performing your MOS functions when you were selected, you would definitely want to do some self-development to become familiar with any changes that occurred in your MOS prior to coming to Warrant Officer Basic Course. For 920 Alpha and 920 Bravos, who had not worked in a GCSS Army environment, seek out the opportunities to increase the level of GCSS Army proficiency prior to Warrant Officer Basic Course. Well, you know, there is more to being a 920 Alpha and 920 Bravo than just GCS's Army. Having familiarity in the system when arriving to Warrant Officer Basic Course is definitely beneficial. For 923 Alphas, take the time to gain familiarity in all aspects of the MOS you're not familiar with. So this is a unique MOS that we have uh, th three different enlisted MOSs that feed into. So, for instance, if the if the enlisted MOS is 92 Foxtrot, then that individual would want to gain some familiarity in water operations and laboratory operations prior to coming to the Warren Officer Base course if they had not been exposed to those, those different areas in their enlisted career. Okay. Um once you have been trained in Penn as a warrant officer, do you have any input on where you will be stationed and what is the process for selecting a duty station? The WL1 assignments are, are made based on the needs of the Army. Granted, unique situations like married Army couple program and exceptional family member program are factored in. But essentially, placement is based on positions available. 
Although one thing the applicant can do is when they're filling out their DA Form 160 for their packet, just keep in mind that the assignment managers at HRC, they do review this form. So if, for example, an applicant would really like to be assigned to Fort Drum, and they list that as their top preference on their DA Form 160, if a vacancy suitable for a W-1 needs to be filled at Fort Drum, there's a good chance they would get that assignment. So my advice is just when filling out that form, put preferences that are realistic duty locations for the MOS you're applying for. Okay. Um, when approaching your unit OIC and senior warrant officer for a letter of recommendation, what steps should an NCO take to position themselves in receiving a stellar letter of recommendation? Best advice is be prepared. Put some thought into how to respond to the question that is likely the first question that would be asked as to why they want to become a warrant officer. Do research on what is required of the MOS so they can answer any key technical questions asked. Granted, it isn't expected for NCOs to memorize verbatim what regulations say, but they should at least be knowledgeable of what regulations they would need to go to in performing their MOS duties. And of course, set the right impression. It's always good to already have portions of your packet compiled when you have that first meeting to discuss getting a letter of recommendation. And for, for those NCOs that are seeking to obtain a letter of recommendation from a senior warrant officer they have not had much interaction with, the level of preparedness is especially important for them because that will truly be the first introduction they have with that warrant officer they're hoping to endorse their packet. Okay. What is family life like as a quartermaster warrant officer, and how can we best take care of our families as we embark on our quest to become a warrant officer in the quartermaster branch? The jobs as quartermaster warrant officers can be demanding at times, but it is definitely possible to have a good work-family-life balance. It just takes effort to determine how to create that balance. If an individual creates and sticks to a schedule, it makes it much easier. But most importantly, they have to take the extra time and effort to ensure they keep their family as a priority while also fulfilling all of their work requirements. This is a two-part question. When creating your resume, what is the best way to highlight some of the skills you possess and what are the most critical skills to highlight? Furthermore, what are some of the most critical training to highlight? They would want to highlight those key skills required by the MOS applying for and needed to be, to be a successful warrant officer. One approach to doing that is highlighting the skills gained during each of the assignments in the military education portion and then recapping those in the summary. And as for the second part of the question, if, when it comes to training, any training that they've attended is beneficial to list but they would definitely want to list any that's directly related to the MOS applying for. What are, those, what are some of the most important things to talk about in the resume summary page, and how do board members view these comments? The most important thing to talk about in the summary page are you know, three, three main things. Why, why do they want to become a warrant officer? 
what has prepared them throughout their career to serve as a warrant officer? What impact they feel can they can make on the Army as a warrant officer? So a good summary will grab the reader from the beginning, conveys confidence, but, the, but not an arrogant message, and shows the passion the applicant has for wanting to join the warrant officer ranks. And all of, all of this should be conveyed using only about half the page. If the summary fills up the entire page or contains a host of generalities, the board members may not have time to read it. Where are the three best duty stations that one can expect to serve and while assigned as a quartermaster warrant officer? All duty stations you can serve at as a quartermaster warrant officer are great duty stations. What is considered a best location would vary. But I would say that because just about every organization across the Army has a need for some type of quartermaster warrant officer, we do have a lot of options. Plenty of positions spread across CONUS, and we also serve OCONUS in Hawaii, Japan, Germany, Italy, Korea, Belgium, and Alaska. Although my advice is not to get too hung up on location and focus more on the opportunity gained for for career progression. I started my warrant officer career at Fort Drum, which, to be honest, I wasn't super excited about. But once I got there and after the fact, I realized that the career opportunities I had while I was there helped me achieve the things I had in my career. On the subject of promotions, starting from W01, how long will it take in this one officer MOS to progress through each rank to CW5? So first promotion from W01 to W2 will occur in two years. After that, it'll be four years before being considered for CW3. And with successful selection, promotion to CW3 will be in that following fiscal year. Then they will serve as they will serve for four years as a CW three before being considered for promotion to CW four. Again, with successful selection, they'll be promoted to CW four that following year. Then, after serving three years as a CW four, they will have their below zone consideration for CW five, followed by their primary zone consideration at the four year time and grade point as a CW four. So overall, it if meeting all the promotion gates, it takes roughly 17 years to go from W01 to CW5 in all of our quartermaster MOSs. Why should someone compete in one of the specialties in quartermaster branch as a warrant officer, and how does it benefit the nation? Being a quartermaster warrant officer gives you the opportunity to impact the Army in a greater capacity in your field and create positive change within your area of expertise. The most rewarding parts of my time spent as a quartermaster warrant officer have been those where I was in a position to improve an Army process, assist an organization in need, or aid a junior soldier in accomplishing a goal. All of these things benefit our nation by making our army stronger as a mentor in the cohort what additional advice would you offer a potential candidate make the move for the right reasons being a warrant officer may not be a path that is ideal for everyone but it can be extremely rewarding 
if you love the field you work in and want the opportunity to perform your core duties at a higher level for the rest of your career, consider choosing the Warren Officer path. But just know going into it that it does require a great deal of dedication, but overall it is worth it. I've been a warrant officer for over 20 years, and at no point in my career have I ever questioned the decision I made. Well, that concludes our question and answer session with CW5 Lewandowski. Chief, I really appreciate your time and, and coming on. All of these questions and answer will benefit potential candidates in the future, so I thank you for your time. And thank you for having me.